Welcome to the Futures Edition. I'm Jeff. And I'm Tom. I'm Kim. And we are Three Old Reds fans coming to you from Studio 82, just down the street from our good friends at Beans in the heart of Cedarville, the birthplace and final resting place of Bumpus Jones. We're not here today to just talk about the past. We will, of course, look back, as we always do, at some interesting things. But what of the future of the Reds? What players will fill in the gaps this team has to fill to be a contender? The near future, for sure, isn't much to look forward to aside from those interesting September call-ups that we were kind of hoping for or might like to see. Uh, But let's look a little farther ahead. Who are the players who will be added to our future conversations in the next couple years? Um, Before that, though, if you recall, two weeks ago, I said, guys, the Reds were had won like two games in two and a half weeks after the All-Star break, right? One of like two and 14. They had won the day before on that Sunday, so I'm counting that day. The Marlins, right? Because that was a day I'm like, okay, we're going to get this back. We're going to be a decent team now. We're going to get out of this funk. And I said, guys, we're going to get out of the funk? And what did you say? No. No. What did I say? Yes. Yes. Including that Sunday, we are now eight and seven since then. Okay, wait. So you're saying eight and seven is something to it's, celebrate? No, it's it's, but it's not two and fourteen. I said I get out of what that bad standards? funk. Where are your standards? Oh, you Ooh. forgot the glory days of the big red. That's right. I did not. I just said they're gonna get out of this horrible funk and play some decent baseball. They play decent baseball. Decent? decent. That's all you want is decent. No, I want more than that. But it's a start. Oh, are you two talking about LeBron again? <laughs> <laughs> like at the ball game, the Dragons game. Don't go, don't go there. We're not going there. You almost made that woman leave her seat. We're not going there. <laughs> we got everybody mad at us. Well, I wanted to put my feet up over the back of the seat, <laughs> so I was trying to get her out of there. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so that's that. So, so I have to say, I have to say, Jeff, when we talked a week or two ago about like what we still wanted to see in the rest of the season. I did not expect it to be Scooter Jeanette pitching. <laughs> I was asleep last night. I was long into La La Land. Although, I, I have to say, I don't think any of us would have said we wanted to see Scooter Jeanette pitch. No. It was like a train wreck so happening t- in front. What happened? I haven't even had a chance to look today mm-hmm. what happened. They just plain ran out of pitchers. Put him in for the last inning. He was serious about it. I mean, he's stone-faced. He's, when he's throwing balls, he's... Dropping an F bomb as he catches the ball because he's mad because he was throwing, throwing a ball. Oh my gosh! So he was serious about it. He also was throwing across his body. He was stepping towards third base and then throwing across yeah. sidearm. Side he's doing sidearm. Well, he walked the first batter. Okay. Second guy hit a jack off of him. So that he fits his, right in. That was his first. Well, he can pitch for us. Long ball. <laughs> so he's he's in. He's been he's watching the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's in contention for the starting lineup. Yeah. So starting pitching. Did he end up getting out of the inning? Yeah, he got yeah. out of it. You know, he did something today that only one other player in Major League Baseball history has done. Here we go. Only one other Major League Baseball player has pitched, and on the day he's pitched, hit his 20th home run of the season. There's been another player? There's been another player. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Who else would it be? I mean, Exactly. It makes sense. Babe Ruth. So he and Babe Ruth. How do you even know that stat? I looked on Twitter. I think you made it up. <laughs> No, this one I didn't make it. Someone else made, Somebody made it up. Somebody else might have made it up, but he saw it. Well, you know, I actually thought about him pitching. I wonder how many positions he's going to end up playing this year. Um, because, I mean, he's played second in right field. Has third he played base. third base? I don't did think he, he's played left. Well, he's did, probably played Did he play center one night? No, but I know he's played left. 
He's yeah. played for the filled in for Duvall. Okay. He's funny though. I mean, you were talking about that interview. So, what was the interview like? You saw an interview. Yeah. I just saw a, a video feed. Just how serious he was, and they were asking about his pitches and his sidearm curve, and he just very, you know, deadpan to, you know, I think I was up to about 95, 96, and someone said 64, and he just said fake news. <laughs> and that he uh, he's ready to go today. He doesn't need ice down. He's, he's ready to go if Brian Price needs him. So just a great interview. Just playing along. I mean, then he, hit a, then he hit a guy. Then, then somebody hit a ball to... Somebody and they, they boot. I mean, it was just, it was ugly. It, the whole inning was, like I said, it was like a train wreck, but you had to keep watching for some reason. Yeah. yeah. The best What'd you part, do? What were you doing up that late? I don't know. I usually You're never up that late. The best part of the game, I don't know if you've seen the replay, a hard foul ball by a cubby, and it hits on the first base side and comes out towards Joey. Did you see this? I saw it. Joey. Runs towards Kim the ball, is now standing in the room the ex- ball, explaining this to us. Quickly, gloves it, comes like this real quick, and the last second lobs it. Probably oh. about twenty to thirty rows up. I saw the last the part of that. Hard. I turned. I think it's right when I turned it on. And he or walks back, and and then they showed a different camera angle, and the umpire's just sitting there cracking up. Yeah, I and saw Joey's the tail end of that. He likes to mess with it. And you just fans. want to say, don't change, Joey. You know, from stomping on a paper airplane. Going like this, throwing the ball in the uh, stands, and then stops and gives it back to the umpire or something like that. He's just he has fun. And getting on base. So what's this thing about him getting on base? Twice? This like I don't know how you don't know it. This whole stat, this like record that like you don't like stats, do you? I, yeah, I do, but it's like this record nobody knows about. It's not a until somebody, metric, so until somebody gets ready it. to break it, nobody knows about. It. I just think it's I thought find that interesting. It's gob G O B getting on base. Gob. <laughs> he does it a gob. He I, sure does. So, Tom, what is it 19 games in a row now that he has been on base multiple times by hits, walks, hit by pitches. I don't think he's been on by catcher interference or striking out on strike three and, and getting base. But well, those the first probably three count hits, on base walks, and hit by pitch. Well, and he had the 17-game hitting streak. That broke, but even though it broke, he still yeah. got on base twice. Yeah, because he walked twice. So, right now, only Ted Williams and Tom White year. 1948. 1940. Is that the year the Indians won the World Series? I believe so. So 1948. And then we have uh, Barry Bonds and Pete Rose when he was a member of Phillies. the Philadelphia Phillies. In how many games? Uh, Pete's, I think, one up on him. 20. Pete and Barry. They're at 20. And Ted, the Ted's splendid splinter at And right now Joey's at night. Even against a U-Triple-S-A outfill. Oh, yeah. Did you see that play last night? They put the four outfielder, and he, and he I, doubled down the line. I commented that on Twitter. That's like a U-Triple-S-A outfield. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it totally well, is. Did you see did... where the third baseman was playing? Not only was he playing in the six hole, he was playing on the lip of the yeah. grass. <laughs> I know. I was like, man. It was weird. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they also did a piece pregame last night on how good is Joey Votto and, and how McCoy talked, um, Marty Brenneman. They had Bronson Roy on there, which I'm not sure why. Well, he's, he's seen a lot of bat- he's seen a lot of hitters. Bronson said he could easily play till he's 43, 44. He thinks Votto can because you know he just keeps himself in shape and he plays first base. And Marty Brenneman had a pretty big statement saying he thinks he's the greatest Reds hitter he's ever seen. And of course, he wow. talked about Peter Edward Rose as well. Yeah. 
So um, interesting. So they said about 43, 44 by playing first. So Tom, if if, the, if there were a DH rule that he could use, how how long do you think Probably he could play? Probably forever, because really DH, you're not really a ball player. No, you're not. You're you not. know, I was looking up. <laughs> I was in my office today, going through some my old files. I was looking for something, and I came across a column I wrote in the first newspaper I worked at, a little newspaper I worked at in Virginia, 1991. I've totally forgotten. I should bring it to you. If you, well, you probably don't want to read it because you no, want to. And the column was about, and I didn't take time to read down through it yet. It's sitting on my desk. The column was about why the NL needs the DH. No, bro. And as you were reading in it, you were going, yeah, this is, I agree with everything this guy said. I mean, it was, you Did know. So I didn't just make that up lately. Did they I've keep been, you I've been there. After you wrote that? I mean. I got a raise. <laughs> you have to find a new job? <laughs> okay. So, future. The uh, fan graphs uh, came out with a preseason list looking ahead. Who are the Reds' top ten prospects going forward? So, who's number one on the list? Going forward? And this does not include current ball players. Yeah, yeah. The two that you mentioned. It it includes, yeah, there's two guys on the Reds playing on on the Reds roster right now, and the other eight are in the minor leagues. I would guess that the one, the number one, is not on the Reds roster right now. I would say that's Senso. He's number two. Oh, I'd say either Winker or Castillo. Winker. Who did we just draft? Hunter Green. Hunter Green is listed as the number one prospect. And what did he do last night? Four for seven in I a. I believe, if I remember correctly, four for seven in a twelve inning. I think that's right. Twelve inning, seventeen fourteen victory. He had two doubles. Okay, good for him. Did yeah. he, hopefully he didn't pitch in that game. It was 17-14. to I don't 14. think he's pitched yet. The game plan is for him to pitch his first start late August. Late August, right. And I would guess Senzel, I mean, he's just been hitting the cover yeah, off the yeah. ball. So they got to move him up. With power even. With so we power. got Green, Senzel, number two, playing at Pensacola. Number three, playing in Dayton. Who else? I'm going there tonight to watch the Dragons. Taylor Trammell. Huh. Number four, Tyler Molly. Pitching in Louisville. Number five, Luis Castillo, who's now pitching for the Reds. Number six, Jesse Winker. Number seven, Shed Long, second mm-hmm. baseman, Pensacola. Um, he's a little 5'8 guy, but he has for good power. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he, uh, he was a catcher coming up and when he came into the into pro ball. and He sort of starts slow every time he moves up, but he's really he's hitting the ball well now. Number eight is uh, Tyler Stevenson, a catcher in Dayton. Injured, made, injured, injured yeah. made the all-star team, and then he tore a ligament in his right thumb, so he's out for the season. Mm-hmm. But he was really having a really good year. Uh, last year, he played a lot. He was hurt off and on and never really got going, but he really showed like that he could hit this year. Number nine is uh, Aristides Aquino. Uh, is an outfielder in Pensacola. He played in oh, Dayton no. before, um, was hurt a lot. I saw this guy play. Um, he look, when you see him play and move on the field, you're like, wow, this guy's an athlete. This guy looks like a major leaguer, you know, a pro athlete, period. Um, <clears throat> he's hitting for power, low average. He's hitting like 210, but he's, you know, double did, close to 20 homers, I think, and so forth. And then the 10th guy on the list is Alfredo Rodriguez, who's a shortstop in Daytona. He played last year in the Dominican Summer League. Played really well, and they took they sent him right to Daytona to High A, so he's a shortstop. So those are the ten guys. 
what I did, what I thought we could talk about were some of the guys who are the most, you know, the guys who are going to help us soon, sooner than later. Well, what I think is interesting is Castillo has proven himself. He's a major league pitcher. Yeah. Right? And yet he's number what on that list? He's number five. So it's kind of interesting that so let, yeah, he's yeah. already proven. He's not really as much of a prospect as he is a you could, is he a proven commodity? Are we about? Can we say that much about him? I don't know if I'd say proven, but I would say he's about as good as we've got. Well, he's as best we've had. Yeah, he's his his numbers as a starter are better than anybody else on right. the team this year. Right. Um, he's got so a good in, fastball. In, yeah, in ten starts, um, sixteen to third innings. So he's getting six innings to start. Does he have six quality starts, Jeff? Well, I didn't. I didn't I see he, that I think number. He has six. Probably. Uh, 373 ARA, which is by far the best for a starter in starting roles on the team. Um, b- batting average of balls and plays at 255, which is second on the team. And a lot of guys are up over 300 in this rotation, mm-hmm. so it's a pretty good number for him. Yeah, he's got elite velocity in that changeup dives. Change is nice. The changeup really dives. Um, he's 24 years old. Right. So. The things you read about him are they like to see a better breaking ball to really be, you know. Does he need a breaking ball to, to do that? One stat, interesting number uh, through the stat cast stuff. Um, nobody, nobody who's recorded at least 204 seamers this year throws the ball as hard as he does. So, can you, Tom, can you explain the difference between a four-seamer and a two-seamer? Yeah, a four-seamer, um, because you have more seams breaking the wind as the ball is thrown. It's, ball- is it how you hold it? Yeah, it's the way you you, you start holding you start the ball. holding the ball, right? And because there's more seams that break the wind as it as it goes, it tends to rise on you more, and you get a little bit better velocity with it. Okay. But uh, if you want the ball, like if you're throwing low and outside to a right-handed batter, you throw a two-seam because a two-seam tends to 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 sink on you a little bit. Okay. Too. All right. So what what they're saying is a four-seam his four-seamer is pretty straight. Um, he throws it 55% of the time. He throws his change 22% of the time. Slider 14, sinker 9%. So what they're saying is the fastball doesn't really ride a lot. Um, has some decent horizontal movement. Um, his ground ball rate is up from what it was in the minors, though. It's like 58%, which is definitely the highest on the team. So he, he's come somewhere in there. Um, um, so I guess the theory is a little more, t- some more two seamers. Are two seamers harder to command? It can be. Yeah, and I think they probably are for him. And so if he can have a more effective sinker with a two seamer and so forth, the theory is that could get him to that ace level. Maybe he'd be that starting opening day starter type guy. I mean, he, right now he's our opening day starter. Probably, he could. Yeah, he could be. Who else would be? Right? Well, I mean, just if you want to experience it, it'd be Homer. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But you know, Homer's not. He's really, not earning it. He's not earning it. I, I would agree with that. I thought he, he looked like he was starting to. Yeah. I mean, Price is going to make that decision in the spring. He didn't, make, he didn't have to make that decision yet, so right. he's not going to make it yet. You like well, Castillo, Kim? By far. By far, yes. What's impressed me is a couple – I was at the Arizona game where they got shellacked, and he did not have his best stuff. And he only gave up like three runs in five, six innings. I say only, but again, he did not have his best stuff. Yeah, no other starters were able to do that. In the, in, the, in the first two or three innings, he only had like two strikeouts. The last two or three innings, he had about five. 
he just got stronger. He stayed, you said it, the maturity shows on the mound, he stays composed. We just don't have that with anyone else. Mm -mm. You know, Sal Romano, I don't think is going to be bad, Mm -hmm. but he's a mess on the mound. He's just lost out there. He, last night, which is, what was it, the, um, how many times have we seen Reds pitchers? Now, there was two outs, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about, we had an 0-2 count. And Tucker was low and outside on the uh, 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 with the glove station for Wojo, and they show the replay where Tucker came up from eight o'clock to two o'clock to go to catch the ball because it was right down the middle of the plate. Yeah, that's Wojo. Smack home run. Yeah. I don't have much hope and for said, Wojo. You, know, you, you don't. And I'm sitting there watching. My wife said, "Wow," and I said, "You just don't give a hitter an zero and two pitch. You make him chase it." Yeah, no, nothing that, nothing like that. And so that that's been frustrating for me. Now, I'm a little bit more bigger on a guy that Tom's not, Stevenson. Let me and, and let me tell you why. He had a rough start in the minors. Uh, manager Delino DeShields was not big on him because he was not listening. He was not taking to coaching. Came up, sat 13 days without pitching, got into a game and got shellacked. Sent him down for several a couple of months. And he the reports were that he were he was beginning to work on things. And the other day against Milwaukee, all right, so he's been hurt, diving for that ball against Pittsburgh. Came in two innings, a hit batsman, and either three or four strikeouts. Maybe one hit he gave up. And the start that he got injured in Pittsburgh had us in the game. Mm-hmm. And so I I see progress there with him than, I, than I've seen with others except for yeah. I just don't think I've seen him enough to feel that. Yeah. Well, he's a guy who would have been on this top ten list the last three or four years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and he's earned his way off of it. <laughs> now he's got to earn his way back but on it. I guess what I'm encouraged about is Delino DeShields talking about how he's becoming more teachable. Yeah, yeah, and you hope that. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, that has the tools, though. I mean, he's got that good fastball. Romano's got the good fastball. Castillo's got that good fastball. Yeah, I would have to say though that <laughs> this season was supposed part a big part of this season was supposed to be about. Figuring out what our who our starting pitchers are, and it's been a pretty big failure. I mean, Castillo is the only thing that's happened in sort of bringing along guys where you feel like, okay, here's a guy I think that we feel like we can put in a rotation next year. The rest of it, we still. I mean, it's still it's spring training. It's as up in the air as it was when the season started. That's awful. We got you know you you think we got to go out and get some sort of starting pitcher off the free agent market. Good luck with that. Yeah. I'd be nice. I mean, even the Cubs got some dude from the White Sox that was just... Oh, that's the guy who pitched last night. Right, the guy last the average night, yeah. guy. I mean, yeah. And that was the best they could find. Right. Can, can I bring up, since you're talking about these you prospects... You can bring up whatever you want. Senzel, okay? He's looking like a top prospect for sure, yeah, right? right. Where do you put him? What are we going to do with him? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Move somebody shortstop. Make, we talked he, about that what, last week. Suarez has improved so much at third. We talked about the Tennessee manager saying, "Right, uh, the, uh, let me say the University of Tennessee where he played, major manager saying, put him at short. In his freshman year, he played mostly DH but made eight starts at second base. So do you put him at second base? Peraza at short. I mean, Peraza has had a couple of rough games at short, but he hadn't played it much, so we can give him a little benefit of the doubt. Right. All right, let's say Peraza at short. And, you know, Peraza has shown signs of discipline lately. Mm-hmm. And it's showing up in his plays. Walking more. Mm-hmm. He's uh, not he hitting has. the ball with power, but he's 
making contact. He's not swinging. He's not making outs on four pitches. Right. And so there was an article where I read that he will get better at shortstop. There's a lot of deficiencies he has. But they're in not the playing him short. Not right now. But let's say that they don't re-sign Zach. Okay. You know what? Jose Peraza will be doing this winter. You know what he'll be doing in the spring. Possibly if they put him there. Or do you put him at second base and put Senzel at shortstop? Uh, and we talked about that saying, out. do you want a rookie to be at shortstop right. in the majors? Well, Peraza in the last 14 days, 35 plate appearances, batting 355, 429 on base, 816 OPS, a 366 Woba, <laughs> as we talked about last week, which is a really good number. It's not Votto, but you know we're not. We got one Votto. We're not going to have another one, right? Um, some other good numbers: three walks and only three strikeouts. And wow. that three walks isn't a lot, but it's more than he was getting. Yeah. So that you see his on base percentage being, um, what forty five, sixty five, almost seventy points higher than, than uh, uh, than his uh, batting average. We so, wish Billy could do so, that. Yeah, exactly. And Billy's slumping again. He's hitting yep. like 205 the last two weeks or yep. something like that. <clears throat> and Sinzel, as you mentioned, in Double in, uh, A Pensacola, he's hitting 348. He's had 184 bats since he went there. He's hitting 348. His on base is 400. His OPS is 976. He's hitting nine homers, 31 RBIs. For the whole year, he's played in 100. Well, he's played in his career now because he came to Dayton last year mm-hmm. after they signed him and drafted him. In 178 minor league games, he's hit 20 homers and 100. He's got 102 RBIs. He's batting 316. His OPS is over 900. So, yeah, I mean the guy is legit. There's a reason he was the number two pick overall last Absolutely. year. Absolutely, and he has shown it from day one. That, you know, I think I was there, saw a couple game, a couple of the first games he played, and I mean he, he's a, he's a guy that looks like a major leaguer. I mean, just when you see him move, the way you see how how hard he hits the ball. Um, it's a, it's an obvious thing. So those are two guys that we we've sort of really talked about that fitting in there. And go back to the pitcher. You know, Molly's the other the other guy. Um, solid he- solid stuff. Really good command. Probably plus on the plus side of that of most guys. Um, saw him pitch there a couple years ago too, and was impressed. And um, uh, Dick Schofield was a manager there, and I would always ask Dick. Um, I was covering games, you know, about the pitchers. Like, what do you think of that guy? Oh, and, and he would he was honest about it. He would say, of course, I got – doesn't matter what I think. You know, it's what the organization <laughs> kind of thinks. But he, he was like, Molly is a big league pitcher. He says, I can tell. That guy's going to make it. I, I can tell he's going to make it. You think they'll call him up and expand the roster? I don't know. It's yeah, tempting. I, I, I guarantee uh, it's tempting. I forwarded an article to you two about the pros and cons of – bringing Molly up you, you see value in both one thing that the pitching coach in uh, Louisville, Louisville noted was his lack of a slider and mm-hmm. he said it's average at best because it actually may be a little bit below average so they'd like to see him work on that a little bit more so okay if that's the case do you bring him up and let him get shellacked or do you stay in Louisville and just work on it and his season's over maybe ship him somewhere else to work on the the I can see them I can see him taking that approach does the five year protected start when he makes the 40 man yeah well no it's when you I think it's service time in the majors so it's as soon as you come up it's the first well I don't yeah but I, I don't know the whole with the forty man as well it may it may it's it's service time because that's why they like brought Garrett down to 
Which, as you said, that messed and up. Why, and why, yeah, he ain't been right since. And why Chris Bryant didn't start the season with the Cubs. Right. A couple, was that two years ago or yeah. last yep. year? Two, two years. years. Two years ago. He didn't start the season with them. So I don't, I'm not really, I don't know the particulars. But basically. I wonder if it's a number of days. It might be, I think it's days and, and so forth. Um, it must be, it must be tied to days. But Molly has pitched, he's, he's, he's started 94 games on his minor league career. He's got a 285 ERA. He's thrown four shutouts. Um, opponents bat what 237 against him, and this year it's like 200 or bet or in lit, one or, perfect or, game. In one perfect game. Yeah, those numbers aren't typical for a minor and his pitcher. and his his WHIP uh, numbers walks and hits by innings pitch is only 1.1 for his whole career. And if you ever played, you know, fantasy baseball, you know that's a really good number because that's yeah. a, that's a typical fantasy stat. And this year it's under one. It's like combined this year it's 0.91 so I mean he's getting it done the numbers are there but you know they're looking at other things like you said the slider and so forth and they don't want to rush him um, they got a bunch of other guys they in say there. they don't want to rush him <laughs> but they brought Castillo up from double yeah, A well, they saw something there yeah. and thought he could handle it I, I don't know and yeah. they were right maybe we can sign Dan Straley <laughs> maybe we could I, I know I'm being we serious could. we could and this is the last year of his contract uh, yeah, I think it was. So maybe he'd love to come back to Cincinnati. He could be a three or four guy for us. That'd be fine. Maybe a one. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. wide open. That's true. There's always, there's always Scooter. He's going to have to battle Scooter. That's He's right. going to have to battle Scooter for, for the number one spot. There's Scooter. <laughs> so we've talked about Castillo and Molly and Sinzel and Peraza. The other spot, the other one is Winker. And I think you talk about Winker as a prospect. You also talk about Shebler because they're – they're both playing, been playing right field, and what do you and and, and how does that play out? Um, I mean, Winker's hitting two fifty. Um, you know, he's only had sixty nine plate appearances, so he hasn't played yeah. a lot. I mean, his other numbers, his other rates and stuff are comparable and similar to to Shebler. Uh, we saw Shebler can hit a lot of home runs. You know what surprised so. me, and I like Price. I'm not I'm not attacking Price at all, but last year at this time when he brought Shebler up. He said, you're my everyday guy. Shebler struggled. He stuck with him. Beginning of the year, Shebler was down to 180 beginning of this year and, and got up to probably about 262 the, yeah, and now down, down to 228. Yeah. I'm surprised that right now he's not letting Winker bat against lefties. I'm surprised with the platoon with Kivalahan. I it, Yeah, because it just doesn't make it's sense not like Shebler has more experience than Winker did at the time. Well, you, you, know you did I mean? that for Shebler last year. Let him bat against righties and lefties. And when Shebler first started, we weren't saying, gosh, this guy's hitting better against lefties and righties. We learned that at the beginning of this year that over the past, what, 40 to 50 to 60 games, he's done better against lefties than righties. Mm-hmm. So that you gave him that time. You gave mm-hmm. him the at-bats. I'm just surprised you're not doing that with Jesse Winker because Winker has a good eye. Maybe he wants Kivlihan to play more. Yeah, Winker's plate discipline stats are definitely better than Shebler's. Winker is like, it's a small sample size, but I was looking over those numbers, but he's like second only to Votto kind of on the team in a lot of the plate discipline as you look at kind of scan across the columns. And Shebler, there's only a couple guys kind of worse than him, and he's maybe, you know, he swings at more pitches. Um, Winker swings at fewer pitches. Um, Hmm. Better uh, O swing and... Z yeah, swing percentages. I get that. I get you, that get that? you get that. Nick so, Kirby. Thank you, Nick Kirby. Yeah, exactly. So there's all those things. So Winker, we've seen more of Shebler. 
Winker, and, and Shebler did. He had he had the shoulder. We don't know. Did, is that why he was hitting so awful? Because his shoulder was bothering him. We don't. I mean, I don't know. They said they saw him take BP last night, and that his shoulder looked much better. And you could tell in his swing. He, his swing looked better. So we'll see. Maybe he'll come back on fire. Be nice. Well, tell you what, if Belly doesn't hit, we're going to see some games with Shebler in center well, and Winker in right. Exactly. And so the question yeah, going forward then, if if Shebler comes back and is hitting. I think it's his job, partly because of what they're doing with Winker. Like you said, they're platooning him, not letting him bat against lefties. But what do you want? What what, do you, what would you prefer longer term? A guy who's going to have a better eye, or a guy who's going to, you know, have the more of the power? I mean, you know, it, it, they're not the very same player. Shebler could become a better at the plate discipline. Winker could improve his power some. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it comes down to like. You know, you watch guys, and you know you see a guy. You know, I kind of like that guy better than that guy, because the eyeball test, right? Some, so mm-hmm. I mean, you know who I like. So <laughs> I, 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 I mean, Shebler needs to get back in there healthy and prove he can do it again. If he comes in and he's terrible and he has a bad spring, then you, yeah, you gotta you gotta make the right decision and give Winker a shot or whatever you do. But tell you what, if there's a team that's willing to take Shebler. And we can get something of value in return. I would look to pull that trade. Uh, of value has got to be a pitcher. You keep saying that. Well, it does. I don't disagree with that. So it would be more than Shevler. We'd have to give a couple Shevlers to get a decent pitcher. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Hey, speaking of Shevler, real quick, this was brought up last night. So the Reds, with Scooter hitting his twentieth, yeah, now have five guys with twenty home runs. Third time in Reds history. Yeah. The Klozuski era was one, mm-hmm. and I forget what the other one was. Um, but Cozart's got 16. Yeah, I know. If he hadn't been hurt, he'd already be there probably. And he's hitting them. You know, yeah. if, he, if he doesn't get hurt, I would think he'll hit four more home runs. It's a good chance. Now, I, I haven't looked, but what are the stats on the last team that have six I don't know. players with You 20. should look that up for I next I think week. I will. <laughs> Did Cozart make it through waivers? I, I texted know. you guys. Tom, I texted you all the other night. And That's I said on there that uh, I still think there's a good chance that he gets traded. Before the season ends? Yeah. Do you really? Because, you know, Votto made it through waivers. They, they put all these guys on waivers for a purpose. And if Cozart made it through waivers, and I don't think the Reds have said if he did or not, if he made it through waivers, I, I could see a team making a trade the next 10 days. Could happen. You ready for throwback? You want to do uh, yours first, and I'll do mine. You do yours. I'm doing it this week. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I've got the. Uh, what do I have? You got the stumper. Okay. Yeah, I'm you ready st- for the throw. Are back. you over that fever you had over the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I think I am. All right. This guy played 12 years for the Reds. From '77 to '88, debuted at age 20, was a three-time All-Star. His best years with the Reds were 1983 and 1984. Any guesses? Well, we're not supposed to guess, are we? Yeah, you can guess, yeah. Isn't this the stumper? No, this is the throwback player. Oh, Gary Vitas. No, I already did him. 12 years with the Reds, 77 to 88. It was memorable. Debuted at age 20. He was a three-time All-Star. His best years were 83 and 84. We already did Eddie Miller. He, uh, yeah, uh, okay, he's a pitcher. Debuted at 20 years old, 20 1977. Yep. Pitched for 12 years only with the Reds and didn't play for anybody else. Really? Wow. Relief pitcher? No, starter. 
Take out Pat Zachary. I am stumping you guys big time. Well, you haven't given us a lot. You did say started. Yeah, I gave you quite a bit. We didn't say righty or lefty. Okay, I think he was was a righty, I think. (laughs) If I tell you what number he wore, will that help you? It might. Number 36. Oh, right-handed pitcher. Yeah. Uh, he was second in the Cy Young voting in 1983. 14th in the uh, MVP voting that year. He was. So this was a bad team back he then. He was 17 and 13. Oh, okay. I got you. Well, who is it? Mario Soto. Mario Soto. Oh, well, geez. He was 17. How did I not guess that? I don't know. I don't know. You were looking for somebody even more obscure, I yeah. guess. Um, so, yeah, he was top 10 in Cy Young voting every year from 80 to 84. And he said in 83, he went 17 and 13. He had 18 complete games. He had a 270 ERA. Uh, but John Denny was just a little better that year for the Phillies. He won like 19 games. His ERA was a little lower. Um, and he so won to Cy Young. If I remember, didn't Soto have that really good changeup? Yeah, he had a great changeup. Circle change. Yeah, he had a, just... yeah, that was his pitch. In 84, he went 18 and 7. His ERA was a little higher, 353. He was sixth in the Cy Young voting. His manager those two years, managers, I just I thought, oh, who was the manager? I couldn't remember. Russ Nixon was the manager in 83. 84 was Vern Rapp until he got let go and, and Pete Rose came in at the end of the season and finished off the 84 season and then started his first full season in 85. So What was Soto's best pitch, remember? Well, we just talked about that. We just said change up. No, I'm sorry, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> I was making sure this was an emergency. Oh, yeah, the text. That change up was killer. <laughs> yeah, it was. Circle it was. change. Yeah, and I, you know, he he was just a really terrific pitcher. A little hothead. A little, little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little, little hothead. You were in a brawl and there was a scrum on the mound. Well, he he threw, didn't want to be on the ground. He threw he the had, ball somebody. And he missed the guy, Yeah, he, fortunately. Yeah, was that with the Pirates or the Braves? I don't remember. It might have been I just the Braves. Remember. I think it was the Braves. And I just a, remember he chucked that ball at the guy. I um, can't remember who that was that charged the mound. I've seen that a video replay, replay of that in the last year or so somewhere. It popped up somewhere online. Well, we got our two old baseball cards um, here. We got Rick Mondays, our first one, and these are again '76 cards. So, what's what is the uh, Rick Mundy trivia question? Do you know? He was the first what? Do you know that? Do you know that? Well, he's a Dodger outfielder, lefty. Cubs. Right? Uh, you don't know. Number sixteen. You obviously don't know. He took the f- American flag from those two guys trying to burn it in L.A. when he yeah. was a cubby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Rick was the first player chosen in baseball's first draft in 1965. So the first ever draft in 65, he was the first guy picked by the Oakland A's. Hmm. Charlie um, Finley? Or the Kansas City A's, actually, I think, at that time. He played 19 seasons in the big leagues. He was a 264 career hitter, had over 1,600 hits, hit 241 homers. His best year was in 76, right here, with the Cubs, this picture. Really? I would have guessed it was with the Dodgers. Yeah, no, his best his best statistical year, um, and it's one of these uh, standing there with the bat over his shoulder posed shots. You know, always exciting posed shots. He hit 272 that year, 32 homers, 77 RBIs. He was 30 years old. And then he ended up with the Dodgers later and was on that, I think he was on that 81 team that won the series, right? Um, was that 80 or 80? I forget what year. He's left fielder? Uh, yeah, played left field. Center field, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. two-time all-star. So I thought, who else was drafted in 65? Three, there were four future Reds taken in the 65 draft. 
And there were three Hall of Famers, like, you know, baseball Hall of Famers, not Reds Hall of Famers, taken in the 65 draft. Wow. Perez? No. Piers? No, they're no, older than that. They're older than that. They're older than that. Yeah. Bernie Carbo. And we will have our next card is Bernie Garbo, so we'll have a nice segue and to that. You're asking drafted by the Reds. Drafted right? by well, three of these future Reds were drafted by the Reds. One was not. Um, one of them is a Hall of two. Two of the future Reds on this list of these four are three of the are two of the three baseball Hall of Famers that were drafted in this draft. So that did that make sense? Is it too old for Joe Morgan? Yeah. Yeah, no, Morgan's older, Morgan older than that. So really? there, there were four future Reds drafted, three future Hall of Famers drafted, and two of those future Hall of Famers also played, or also one was drafted by the Reds, one was drafted by somebody else, and later played for the Reds. And you said no to Perez. I said no to Perez. Carbo, <laughs> Carbo was the 16th overall pick. Um, Ray Fossey was the seventh pick in that draft by wow. the by Cleveland. Carbo by the Reds at sixteen. The thirty sixth pick in the second round was Johnny Bench. In the second round, yeah, How about that? second round pick. Two picks later, the Phillies took Larry Heisel. There's a, there's a, he was a good hitter. Um, the fifty third pick in the third round was Andy Messersmith. By the wow. by the by the Tigers. There's a name, yeah. I remember that was a big name in the beginning of the era of free agency. Yeah. About six years, five years after the Kirk flood. Yeah, yeah, because he he went to the Dodgers Yankees. Do, it was a did he which way did he go? I think he went from L.A. to to, to New, New York. York. Yeah, Ken Holtzman was also picked in the fourth round by the Cubs. Later pitched wow. for the A's. Greg Nettles was picked in the fourth round by the Twins. Amos Otis. Amos Otis. In the fifth round by Boston. A lot of these guys drafted by teams that they didn't really play for. All right. In the sixth round, another future Red, not a Hall of Famer, but another future Red was drafted. What, center fielder? He's an outfielder. I I said Geronimo earlier. No, it's not Geronimo. He really played for the Reds for a while, was not an everyday player, Hmm. went to the Kansas City Royals. Hal McCray. Hal McCray. And, um, And did he win a batting title? Or he almost no, won one. It was a like the racial controversy. He and George Brett. Yeah. All right. That whole thing. And Brett won it, right? Brett won it. Yeah. Um, also picked in the sixth round by the Kansas City A's was Sal Bando. Wow. In the tenth round, the Dodgers drafted a future Reds pitcher who went to the Hall of Fame. Well, do you want to say Seaver? Yeah, it's really? Seaver. The Dodgers drafted? Drafts, Dodgers drafted really? Tom Seaver. I was earlier that 65 was the first year they had the draft yeah. period. Yeah, So after, before that, you were just signed as yeah, a free agent? Yeah, it was all free agency. It was all... I don't think really? I knew that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. There was no draft I need to listen 65. to the show more. You should. <laughs> you should. All right, so Seaver... I'm waiting for the three generations of Gilberts now, to come back. Now, the Mets, in the, in the 12th round, the Mets drafted a future Hall of Fame pitcher. Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. Um, and then other guys drafted between up through the 20s. There were like 60-some rounds. Anyway, Daryl Evans, Gene Garber, Gene Tennis, Freddie Patek all were drafted. In. Five foot four. Yeah. Patek. Yeah, he was drafted by the Pirates. Ended up, of course, we know him from the from the, from the Royals. Um, so Bernie Carbo was one of those guys. So I have a Bernie Carbo card here. Um, what did Bernie Carbo win in 1970? Was he rookie of the rookie year? Rookie of the year in the National League. Hmm. Batted three ten, 
21 homers, 63 RBIs, played in 125 games, only had 365 at-bats. So I assume he probably didn't start the season in Cincinnati. Probably came up at some point. He's Rookie of the Year with the Reds, Bernie Carbo. I yeah. do not know yeah. him. I always know him from Boston Red Sox. Right. And what, I mean, in Game 6 of the 75 World Series, what did Bernie Carbo do? Three-run jack in the eighth off Raleigh Eastwick in center field. Yeah. He's a jerk, I hate him. <laughs> tied, to, tied the game at 6-6. Yeah. And then we know what happened in the 12. Fisk leads off and hits a home run off Pat Darcy. and Foster caught that ball. Oh, did it? Off the pole. Off the pole. Off the pole. Did he really? Foster caught the ball. Did he? Um, yeah, they had built, the Reds had built a 6-3 to three lead against Tion that yep. game. And we talked about this not too long ago yeah. because I have the video of it. And, yeah. And with Bench and Freddie Lynn and how East Bernie Carbo, one of Joey's inside-out swings to foul it off. Almost in the mid of bench, and somehow another Carbo got it, and it just basically went to the dugout. I mean, to keep the battle Eastwick alive, was just blowing him away, and he just got one pitch and just took it to center. He was surprised it went out. He didn't. He said he's running hard and looked up and saw the back of Geronimo, and looking up, and he realized it was a yeah. homer. Well, Carbo's after his his rookie year was by far his best year. Yeah, um, he. I've seen some stuff on him. Uh, um, I had an opportunity to interview him years ago in the early, probably early mid '90s, maybe '94, '95, something like that. And he, he, um, he had alcohol problems. He had all kinds of drug problems. I mean, from it's really turned his life around. Yeah, from pot to coke to all the stuff they used to put in the bowls in the locker room. You know, the all the uppers Speed, and everything. Yeah. Uh, he was a disaster um, in his early 40s, tried to kill himself, and um, something happened. He ended up in the hospital, um, and a uh, guy, guy he was in a hospital room with um, uh, started talking to him about God. And so then the, whole, the long, story, uh, long short story of it is that um, Bernie Carbo, in that time of two or three days in the hospital, became a Christian and started a ministry, and so his whole his whole life is completely different now. Um, and came to Cedarville, Ohio, about twenty years ago, and did a three day baseball clinic. Did there. he? And that's what he was doing when I saw him. It was with the Valley League team in Newmarket, Virginia. He was doing one of those clinic things with the players and talking to them. And I think he still does it. His his um, ministry is called um, the Diamond Club, hmm. and I. There's a website for it. I think he still speaks, and uh, he's in his 60s now, mm. um, married, living a good life now. So, interesting guy um, who, yeah, because of his addictions, probably ruined his really, really ruined his career. I mean, mm-hmm. he still had some moments like that time in the World Series, but, but yeah, I remember that because it's like what that guy used to play for us. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember my dad talking about that, and people were like, uh, can't believe it. All right, our stumper from last week, Bucky Walters is the all-time Reds shutout leader with 32, who has the most as a Red since 1970. And he's tied for 11th all-time for the Reds with 18, including 7 in 1973 when he was 19-10 and 10 with a 3.04 ERA and was fourth in the Cy Young voting. And Tom Seaver won the Cy Young that year. And it was... Jack. Cactus Jack. <laughs> Billy Billingham. Ham. Right. So, you guys, uh, <laughs> baseball has the best nicknames. Oh, you know, it has some good ones. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. So, Kim, 
-hmm. What is our stumper? Okay, this deals with an X-Red. But what I'm about to read to you, he was not with the Reds when this happened, yet it's very newsworthy. And I think even Tom Sizer will get this, because Jeff Gilbert usually gets about everything. I doubt it. And you guys but Tom, and, and the only reason Tom doesn't always get them is because Jeff and I are older. <laughs> so Tom's a younger one. Thank you for that excuse, but, uh, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> so, so let's talk about this. It actually occurred. I'm only a year older than he is. It actually occurred older. 35 years and 11 days ago, if I'm not mistaken. 11 days? 35 years 35 ago. 35 years and 11 days, days ago, August 4th, Jeff. 82. 82. I was, okay. uh, this gives you reference. I was getting ready to start my senior year of high school. Remember, this is an ex-Red we're talking about, but he was not with the Reds oh, when this all right, happened. All right. I hope I don't say the name as I read this. Can, can I go ahead and start guessing names? Not yet. <laughs> so he starts off, he was with, and I'm giving you lots of hints. Yeah, okay? just, just. He's yeah. with the Mets. All right. Playing at Wrigley Field, a day game, obviously, back then, no lights. So he's in the lineup. But Frank Cash and the GM is looking to trade him. So Mookie Wilson, the team's regular center fielder, was injured. So George Bamberger, the Mets manager, what do I do? They huddled, they being he and Cashin, and said, okay, we're going to play this guy. We're going to take a chance that he's not going to get hurt. So he goes out, strikes out in the first, in the third, against Ferguson Jenkins, who would be a future Hall of Famer, Gets a hit. The Mets have a lead. They go on to win the game. But then shortly after that at bat, that single, Bamberger takes him out. Well, this ex-Red goes up and says, what gives? Why are you taking me out? I know he said, you got to understand, you've just been traded. So now, he said, and the team you're being traded to needs you right away. The team he's traded to is playing in Philadelphia. I thought you were going to say it was in the other clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so the team that he was playing for that night was slated to play against the Phillies at 7.30. So he runs and catches a cap. They go, all right, this is a great opportunity for me to start playing every day. But then something happened. He realized he forgot his glove. He had that glove for many, many years. So he got the cabbie to turn around. Went back and got his glove. It was a 6.05 flight from Chicago. And remember, the game was going to start in Philadelphia at about 7.30. Phones his wife. Says, listen, make it out there. He gets there. His new team has his jersey ready for him. He didn't know that many players. He knew Pete from the Phillies. Waved to a few, a few other guys. He came up in the seventh inning as a pinch hitter. And got a single off of another future Hall of Famer, Steve Carlton. Okay. Yeah. And the so that thickens. day, he got two hits off of two different Hall of Famers in two cities. And he had a teams. split in his doubleheader. One win, one loss. He went up to have a very good career against Carlton. 27 for 82 in his career with five homers. Against Ferguson Jenkins, two for six. So over 300 against both. Our ex-Red. Our stumper of the day. So I'll guess it when we're off the air. So he was playing for... Started out with the Mets. Playing for the Mets. Against and got, the Cubs. 
and got, got traded. traded during the game. But we, you're not, you didn't tell us who he got traded to. No, because I think you already know. You already. No, I don't know yet. that I do. And he pitched. He hit against the Phillies. So. And he played. He was traded to the Montreal Expos. And they oh, put him just, in center field. I think we just talked about no, this guy. I don't guy. think they put him in center field. The, the uh, first game, the first they were game. short on people. I think he played third base the, for the Mets. But they, the Mets were short because Mookie was hurting, so they had to put someone else in center. So they ended up putting this guy in the infield. And then traded him to Montreal, and I think he came in and played right field. All right. Well, we'll think about it. You think about it. Until next but, week. Until next week. And I remembered this when it happened. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. He loved the game. He had to hurry up and make it so he could play for the other team. That's pretty cool. And and he said, the last thing I was thinking of is being traded because not only that, it was like game two of a three-game set. So you're not thinking of after the game getting your bag, showering, and going. You're thinking, all right, I'm going to shower, go out and get something to eat, be done, but not for him. Getting on a plane. Very good. Well, I had some good discussions today. <laughs> we did. We did. We did not do any analytics, though. So, But join us next time. I promise we'll have an analytics segment because I know Kim really missed it. <laughs> I, I learned one over the week. You though. learned one over the week. Maybe we'll do that one. And maybe we'll even explore the mysteries of EDP. <laughs> <laughs> which benefited Joey last time. Which benefited yes, Joey. We might do that next week. All right. Until then, go Reds. Go Reds.